Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A little bit of a chismo on this edition of Oilers Now today. We got Louis DeBrus, Brian Burke, and Al May. Wow. I'm the safest guy in the building. Uh, Oilers now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie, Brendan, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. As we bring aboard our headliner today, and our headliner is brought to you by Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. The big man, Louis DeBrusque. Hey, Louis, how are you doing? Doing good today, Bob. How are you doing, bud? Good. Looking forward to tonight's game? I am looking forward to it. You know, I think that any time that the Capitals come into town, they possess, you know, certain strengths that make you have to be on your toes as the opposition. I mean, they have some tremendous veteran players over there that have won a Stanley Cup, have been one of the best teams in the league for a while now, perennial um team that's always in the hunt to potentially win the Stanley Cup. They finally did win the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago, and they're looking to try and get back into those winning ways. So um, they possess a, a power play that's you know right up there with the best in the league when they're when they're ticking, and they have Alexander Ovechkin. So anytime you you go up against Ovechkin, you know that you're going to have to contain him. You're going to have to try and minimize what he brings. So it, it's just a good opportunity to see where the team is, and it should. Uh, should be a good matchup tonight. Uh, agree or disagree with this statement, Louis DeBrusque? Tonight, the Oilers play a team that's focused on their game, as opposed to the last two games where the teams, Winnipeg and Minnesota, were focused on taking away what Edmonton does. I think that's fair to say, for sure. You know, you could just see in the, the way the games were played against the Jets and in Minnesota, um, you know, they really... Uh, did a number on the top line. And I mean, they did a good job. Yes, there were still opportunities. There was chances. They could have easily had multiple points in each game. But you're never going to take away all the opportunities entirely. You're trying to minimize the top line of Edmonton is what most teams want to do. But the Capitals are a different animal. They go about business their own way. They really do. Um, they have the firepower. They feel the matchup. They're very deep in their four lines. Um, they're, you know, they have the leading score in the league right now. And John Carlson who's having a terrific start to the year. And... You know what? Braden Hope, he's won a Stanley Cup. He's a goaltender. He's a starter. He knows how to, to get in. He's playing in front of his family and friends here from Lloyd Minster. So, I mean, he's he's a guy that's going to be motivated. It's it's a tough matchup, and that's a great test for the Oilers. After a couple losses in a row, you always want to try and gain that traction back. They haven't lost at home, and they want to keep that record intact. Oilers have challenged the score, Louie. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves here. They haven't got a goal on 152-28. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's it's 
It brings up a great point. You know, Dave Tippett talked about this morning, and that's shot attempts. You know, I, th- he, I think he said they were 29th in the league in shot attempts and 31st in actual shots on net. Yes. Um, that stat says it all for me. It, it says everything. You know, and that's, that doesn't matter if you're a top six, bottom six, first line, fourth line, sixth defenseman. It doesn't matter. You have to have a shooting mentality. You can't pass up good opportunities to get the puck to the net. And as we've heard so often before, it's not necessarily that first shot. It's the opportunities that that shot creates. It creates chaos. It creates second opportunities. It creates typically a high percentage of recoveries in the offensive zone um, to maintain that possession. Sometimes I do believe the Oilers in this early season have gotten a little too cute with the puck. And they just have to get back to that shooter mentality. Uh, it's a fine line. I know it is, and people are going to argue that when you have Dreisaitl McDavid snapping the puck around, they make it look really easy. And when it does connect, it's an easy goal. But um, I would even say that they could shoot the puck a little more, keep the defense on their toes a little bit, keep the goaltender on their on the edge of, of their crease, thinking about the shot more often than not, and then that opens up better opportunities to pass later in the game. So I think as a team, Edmonton has to have that that focal point that to get pucks to the net, and when you do that. It's a natural um, progression to have bodies following to the net. It just, you, you just absolutely think that way when you know the shot's coming. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, it's Louis DeBrus, Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Connor McDavid held off the score sheet for the last five games. <laughs> He's still averaging a point per game during those five games. He had five <laughs> points against the Flyers. All right, Louis, uh, I'm going to put you how, on the... Hey, I'm it's gonna how put, you want to spin it, right? It's how you want to spin it. He's pointless in four or five, or he's got five points in his last five games. I, I, I mean, you know what's I'm, not, I'm not too worried about him. It is, it is the first time it's happened in his career that he's gone pointless in four or five. And his longest pointless stretch is three games, but um, I think the kid's going to be okay. So do I. But I want to ask you this. So every year at the start of the year, the league cracks down a bit. There's more power plays for the first couple of weeks. Lou, there, yep. were, there were moments, and I don't know if people saw them on TV. I don't mean to – you guys do such a wonderful job broadcasting games. and But if you're in the building, there's some backside interference that's going on here. So I'm going to put you on the spot here because it's a loser's lament, right? Well, of course you're bringing this up now, Stoffer, because you haven't scored in two games. But wait a sec here. Has, there, has the standard dropped, and is McDavid a victim – uh, maybe how the games are managed at times. You tell me, Louis. No question he is. He 100% is. And that, that comes with the territory of being the fastest and the best player in the league. Um, you know, he could draw a penalty almost in every shift it would seem. There's a lot of contact, rightfully so. If you're the opposition, how do you slow down the fastest guy? Well, you get in his way. You interfere with him and you push that line as far as you can. And... If you come out on the positive side of that where you're not taking penalties, then great. If you come on the negative side of that where you're taking too many penalties, that's not a good thing with the power play the way it's going for Edmonton this year. But from McDavid's standpoint of view, he has no choice but to continue to do what he's doing and continue to attack the way he attacks and plow through those checks. I do think that a lot of calls are missed on him because I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that you could call a penalty almost at any one-on-one because he get he goes right into the traffic. Unlike a lot of guys that are fast that beat people by going around them yeah. and not getting touched by the defender, he has a knack for just uh, slinking through the defense. So he goes through bodies and around them in tight quarters. So there's a lot of contact, a lot of reaching out with the hand, a lot of pushing on the hips, a lot of stick on the hands that I don't think get called because he's so strong on his stick. 
Um, that's just those are those calls that, you know, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, you hope that the league starts to buckle down and reward him for doing what he does, continuing to go back and do it every night. And those calls should start to come. Listen, he's drawn more penalties than anybody, I believe, in the last three years. So he has drawn a lot of calls, and that plays against him as well. Because it's Explain one of those that. things. Explain that. Well, I explain it because he's getting a lot of calls. So the, the officials feel he already is getting a lot of calls his way, which he should, which he should. But in saying that, they might let go that they might let those fifty-fifty calls go on Connor, whereas they're not going to let it go on somebody else. Does that make sense? Totally. Because because he does get a lot of calls. So let's not forget he does get a lot of calls. I think he should get more calls. I, I truly do. As a hockey fan, as a as a analyst watching the games. Honestly, we could do a video pack almost every game where they've missed calls on Connor McDavid. Every single game. Now, there'll be other teams that'll argue the same for their stars. They do get harassed out there. There's no question. I mean, like I said, you're going to push that line as far as you can as the opposition to try and slow those guys down. And uh, Connor's no different. Because he's so fast, they get in his way, they interfere with him, they pick him up early, they bump into him. I mean, I see penalties called where a forward chips a puck into the offensive zone and he gets straight-armed by a defenseman and it's an interference call. Whereas Connor McDavid will split to defense, get grabbed on the arm, pushed on the hip, and then slashed on the hand as he goes in to try and take the shot, and there's no call. So that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and complain about officiating. I'm just going to say that I think in the long run, the penalties will average out for Connor McDavid. We're joined by Louis DeRuss from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you in order. So, Louis, were you at ice level for the game against Winnipeg? I was, yes. Did you yeah. see that fire drill of a line change in overtime? They had five <laughs> yeah. guys on the ice as the Oilers were coming up the ice on a two-on-one. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I didn't see it. I was watching the two-on-one that was going the other way. But I heard the Oilers contest with the officials that there was too many men. And then when I looked left, there was a lot of bodies that were still on the ice. It was a really early change. Um no question. I mean, it was it was a hundred percent should have been too many men. It was way too early of a change of a change on the bench. They got caught in a long two on one. I think it was the wicked backhand pass by Dreisel, if I'm not mistaken, yes. or in the breakaway potential. No, 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 it was before. No, it was before. It was the one before that. Yeah, yeah, it was the one. I mean, there were so many in that first two minutes of overtime that I can't remember exactly what it was on. But um, yeah, you know what? Things happen fast down there. I mean, the focal point would have been the two on one. Uh, they, I mean, listen, they just missed a call. What can you say? They missed a call there. It should have been a power play, but it was an exciting overtime, I'll say that. Oh, yeah, it was, which made up for the game because the game uh, was a lackluster. It's funny, you know, I, I kind of – it's amazing because I love scoring as much as the next guy, but when I when I see a game like that and I, the tension builds throughout the game, for me, those sometimes can be just as enjoyable because it's so important, that first goal. It's so important that, uh, you know, when Dahlstrom scored that goal that was taken away with an offside, I mean, that just goes to show you how tight that game was being played. It really was a tight, hard-fought game. There was a game plan by Winnipeg to try and shut down the top players of Edmonton. There was a game plan for Edmonton to try and do the same against them and play a real stingy game. I think both teams were successful in that regard. But I, I think there were still some really exciting things inside the game. It, those are two very good teams. I mean, especially Winnipeg. They've got a lot of firepower up front. That can hurt you, and I thought they did a pretty good job of neutralizing that. We're joined by Louis DeBras. Louis, Alexander Ovechkin has 665 goals in 1,025 yeah. games. <laughs> Given era-adjusted scoring, is he the greatest goal scorer of all time? I agree. I, I believe so. I really believe he is. You know, I just don't think you can... 
it'd be really hard to argue any other way, Bob, wouldn't it? I mean, listen, I, it's funny because I went and did some investigating. and I was looking back at the numbers. I mean, Mike Bossy stands out. I remember Wayne Gretzky talking about Mike Bossy as one of the most prolific goal scorers he's ever seen. And if he wasn't, didn't have an injury, he would have done what he said he was going to do and score 50 in his first 10 years. He was a year short. But he would have had it that year if he wouldn't have suffered injuries. He was a, a wicked goal scorer. And you look at his goals per game, he's right up there. He was incredible. And I do believe that if he was able to play for another 10 years, 20 years like the great one, he probably would have rivaled him for the, for the goal total. I really, I really think he would have been right there with him and, and given a run for his money. Um, but because he was just a natural goal scorer. And, but I think Alexander Ovechkin is that as well. Um, he, he's, he's got a, a shot that... You know, when he came in and started ripping that one-timer as a forward, we were so used to seeing big defensemen shoot the puck like that. We saw Brett Hall, who was a little smoother with that one-timer. But the Ovechkins of the world, the Stamkoses of the world, um, just an amazing release that he's had, and he can get it away in such a short order of time. He's a big human being. He's not going to slow down. So I think that he's going to be able to maintain that as he has, even though he might lose a step with his speed, um, lose a little motivation, he's still going to be a weapon on that power play for years to come. Can he catch Gretzky? Well, I'll tell you, breaking down the numbers, he's going to have to have a whole lot of goals in the next six to eight years, ten years, uh, if he even plays that long. Um, I, I don't know if it's within his grasp, but he's certainly going to get to the 700, and rightfully so, he'll be the eighth all-time to get to the number 700 mark. We're joined by Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey on uh, Rogers Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. So Edmonton and the Washington Capitals tonight. Louis, uh, look, the team hasn't scored in two games. The top guns are still third and fourth overall league scoring. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. How concerned should we be about the lack of offense generated? Again, the numbers are not pretty. The six players that are playing in the bottom six tonight have combined for 41 games played. They don't have a point in their combined minus 18. That's a concern. There's just no, you, you can't paint any picture different than that. Um, there has to be production in the bottom of your lineup. And they know it. I mean, listen, there's, I do, and Dave Tippett, obviously, as coaches do, they sway it in a different direction. They say the penalty kills better. Um, goals against is better. They have had some real good five-on-five shifts where they've been able to hemlines in. But at the same time, you have to chip in. You have to find ways to be productive. They're hoping Sam Gagne can step in there, maybe give them a little bit of a spark. He has an offensive upside, no question. He can play up and down your lineup. So you, if, if things aren't working, you can put him into a two-hole if you have to, or even a one-hole, you know, for t- periods of time. Gives them a little bit of versatility in that regard. They need to find and generate some offense from the bottom six. Um, this is a tough league. There's no question. This is a deep team coming in here, the Washington Capitals. I think that's going to bode well for Edmonton. It'll Just like when you're going up against the top line, like the McDavid, Dreisaitl, or the Ovechkin-Backstrom line, you're aware of that line. You're ready for it. When you go up against the very deep four lines as a third and fourth line, or you know, hey, we better be ready tonight because this line over there, they're going to produce. They're going to find chances. They're going to find ways to manufacture offense. So we better at least match that and try and exceed that. It should bring the best out in the bottom six, you hope. And we'll see if that happens tonight. We got El May coming up. Uh, you played against John Cordick as well. Did you play against or did you, did you just miss John Cordick? I'm just, I'm just thinking, Louie. No, I played with and against John Cordick. Who, who was the toughest Washington Capitol that you had to deal with over back in your day? I'd say Chris Simon probably. Oh, yeah, Craig yeah. Berube was there too. I think I fought Berube when he was with the Capitals one time. Um, 
I would say Chris Simon. Chris Simon in his heyday there was uh, was a pretty formidable opponent. Uh, top five, right in the league, I would say. Is that I would fair? say so. Yeah, yeah, big, big lefty. Um, they always had uh, had physical guys there in Washington, you know, and growing up. But I do remember my very first exhibition game was against the Washington Capitals. I was the New York Rangers. My very first shift, Alan May and I dropped the gloves and had like a forty-five second square up, you know, shadow boxing, and then the linesman came in and broke it up, and we never ended up fighting. Um, it was kind of funny. That was my introduction to NHL exhibition. I was like, wow, that happened really fast. They had at least four or five guys dressed on their team. We had four or five guys dressed on us. Rudy Postcheck, Ty Dolmy, myself, Denny Vial. I mean, we had, let's put it this way, there was a lot of meat in both of those lineups. Uh, Wawa, Ontario, right, for Chris Simon? Yep. yep. He, he, was a, he, was, he was top. You know who did okay against him one time? Sean Brown. Sean Brown hung in there against Chris Simon, and Sean Brown also had Danny Lacroix surprise him one time. It just shows you, because Chris Simon was on a whole other level than D- Danny Lacroix, who was a great American League player. Anybody yeah, can beat Dan- anybody at any time, right? I bumped into Danny this this past year in Vancouver, actually, and talked to him briefly, but Danny was one of those sneaky lefties, too. He could throw both hands, but he was also a southpaw. So he caught a lot of guys off guard in that regard, and he had those sharp knuckles when he when he hit you, he'd cut you. <laughs> you know, it was you were leaking if you got hit by one of those because I don't, I've never seen a guy with sharper knuckles. Maybe maybe Scott Thornton, he had had a little bit sharp knuckles too when he hit you. It seemed to open you up, but you know, for Chris Simon, it was trying to weather that first 15, 20 seconds because he came <laughs> out of the gates chucking them, and. Uh, you know, if you could weather that storm, then guys did okay against them. That was where they could maybe wear him down, hold on to him, tie him up, and get into a longer fight. But early on, boy, he ended a lot of fights in the first 15 seconds. Louie, awesome stuff. See you at the rink tonight. All right, take care, bud. We're in Ice District at Rogers Place, Edmonton. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Washington Capitals. Oilers need to be a lot better. We'll get to some texts on Connor McDavid and officiating when we come back in Oilers now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Bob, let's hear your thoughts on the Expos. This text comes in out of Calgary. Two wins away. Did you see that seventh inning last night? I didn't see this happen for the Washington Nationals. Not a chance, especially after they lost Bryce Harper. But, uh, hey, great story, no question. And I was a heavy baseball. I told the story. Till the uh, strike slash lockout back in 94, that killed it for me. was in a base, uh, rotisserie baseball for years, late 80s, early 90s. I was in first. That was it. 
The Expos were in first. That was it for me. Never the same baseball fan after. Uh, other texts coming in uh, on Connor McDavid. Uh, again, you can text us at 630, 630. Oilers GM, Bob, the officiating doesn't surprise me. It's the worst among any pro sports league, period, for as long as I can remember. Um this text out of Grand Prairie, fine community. Bob, this is so agitating. I'm telling you, the mentality of the NHL of fairness for everyone but your best players is going to lead uh, to Connor having a career that ends up way too short. It's stupid. If Connor gets hurt badly, it will be very bad for the NHL, and unfortunately for the Oilers, I'd stop watching for sure. Another text, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of the theme about it, right? So there you go. Bob, is it true you're Greta's favorite sports radio broadcaster? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm doubting she knows who I am. I think it's wonderful that she can come to democracies like Canada and the United States that are oil-producing nations and do her thing. It's wonderful. I think she's going to Saudi Arabia, Russia, or China, three of the other top five oil-producing countries and doing her thing. I don't think so. All right. Uh, you can text us at 630, 630. The NHL used to be the worst until the NFL this year. There we go. Uh, it's all good. Uh, we're getting some wonderful texts coming in. It's a funny show today. Funny, funny show. But, uh, hey, Brendan, uh, can you queue uh, up Big Money by Rush? We've got a texter out of uh, Edmonton uh, looking for Big Money from Rush, so we're going to queue that puppy up for him. This text comes in. Bob, Matt Benning is uh, playing minimal minutes, and mostly when Connor Leon are on the ice, surprised he's a plus, question mark. Laugh out loud. Benning is a career minor leaguer at best, too slow, too small, and weak at defending, period. The problem is he's a plus every year, and he hasn't played all the, like, for you to have that perspective. And he hasn't given, had all of his minutes played with the big boys. I think at some point there needs to be an acknowledgement that he's a serviceable NHL. It might be a third-pairing D-man, but he's a legitimate player. He's not a minor leaguer. Sorry. Nope. Remember, there's, what, 186 top six defensemen in the NHL? He's one of them, and he's a plus every year. Do you want to tell you that we are going to go to uh, Chicago this spring to see the Oilers play the Blackhawks with New West Travel. This package includes lower bowl game tickets plus tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field for the Oilers now. Road trip call New West Travel 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Edmonton and the Washington Capitals tonight. Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack up next after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.